All right. Good good uh, Monday afternoon. We are back after a little break from the uh, spring break week with another edition of Inside Franklin Athletics. Today we have with us a very special guest, something that kind of came together over the weekend because I bugged him a bunch on Twitter before he finally <laughs> said yes. Um, we have with us a 2004 graduate of Franklin Community High School, the pride of Bargersville, Indiana. He played uh, college baseball at Dayton from 2005 to 2007. Then he transferred to Wright State from 2008 to 2009, where as a first baseman, he was the 2009 Horizon League Player of the Year. And 2011, he started his coaching career off at the University of Michigan, Michigan as an assistant. And then he realized that there is only one good team in the Big Ten, and he left there, went to Western Kentucky, Wright State, uh, then Wright State as a head coach in 2017 and 2018, where he was the Horizon League Coach of the Year. On July 2nd of 2018, he was named the head coach of Indiana University baseball team. He was the 2019 Big Ten Coach of the Year, coaching the Big Ten champions. And really 2020, because the season never started, so it just it, it hangs over. That's kind of a rule. Uh, in 2020, they started off strong, uh, going nine and six to start the year out of a possible 175 games that they play. I believe that is correct in my research. Uh, they had three road wins, defeating the number 11, 17, and 30th ranked teams. And of course, they beat Purdue 1,075 to one, which was fantastic. Uh, he is also the most decorated of our Twitter, uh, our Twitter, Twitter person. Is that right, Chaz? Sure. Just okay. That we've had so far with over 8,000 followers. So this is going to be a great podcast because it's going to start our worldwide domination that we are looking for. <laughs> we have with us Indiana University head men's baseball coach, Jeff Mercer. Thank you. I, I'd say that, that's quite the introduction. That's probably the best one I've ever had before. That was, that was really well done. Let wow. me tell you something. Here's what I pride myself on in podcasts. It is no research. Uh, so <laughs> I had, we had um, my brother. I don't know if you know my brother or not. I think he was a few years older than you. Yeah. Um, but I researched that for 35 years. So I knew that. Other than that, I used to just, I actually just made things up and made stupid stats up. Uh, but with yours, I was like, I can actually find stuff. Did you know you have a Wikipedia page? Uh, not until now. I'm, I'm afraid what's on there. I'm afraid that would, that would be scary. Not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. Actually, actually, most of this stuff is on there. Uh, is there a picture? That's when you know. Uh, no, there was not a picture. Mm -hmm. You haven't reached that top tier yet. I haven't made it yet. Um, made it yet. Let's, what we may do is take a picture of this <laughs> and then put it on there as his Wikipedia. <laughs> That'd be good. Coach Mercer, two and a half weeks in self-quarantine. <laughs> that's a profile picture <laughs> all right so coach first of all uh how are you handling 2020 it sounds or uh, quarantine 2020 it sounds like you're handling it great I, i'm actually very fortunate everyone everyone is safe in my family which is certainly the first and, and foremost of concern but we we live uh, south of bloomington about 25 minutes we live on a big farm we got 40 plus acres and our closest neighbor is like a mile away. So 
I, I, I it's been nice to, to we actually still live with my parents while we're getting our house remodeled. So uh, be home a little bit, spend some time with my wife and we've got a two year old son. So it's nice to have him recognize me now and actually know <laughs> who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I joke, but it's really not that funny for the first year and a half of his life. He, he thought my dad was his dad. You know, when, when I would leave the house, he wouldn't be concerned. When my dad would leave the house, he would, he would start crying. Um, and so the, the last couple of weeks, I've started to turn the tide on my dad and kind of gain a few points back. You, you know, so, so I've been outside a bunch, been, been running the tractor and working outside and just kind of doing things I enjoy and spend time with my family. So I'm, I'm, probably as far as quarantining goes the, the luckiest guy uh, you know in, in the midwest for sure so it right. sounds like when the world really falls apart the mercer compound is going to be uh pretty safe yeah. out there yeah oh i don't have any concerns about the, anything like that happening outside of the fact <laughs> that i would be terrible and awful but for for us here out here we we would we would uh, we wouldn't miss much we wouldn't skip a beat now do you have uh like do you do you play golf or anything? Like, can you go out there and swing a golf club? Or do you just like, like when we were seven years old, you just throw the ball up in the air and, and swing yourself? Uh, the, the only, the only bat or ball or anything that I've had the last three weeks is, is just my, my son's little, uh, little, uh, toddler set of uh, the little wiffle ball. So no, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a, I'm a terrible golfer. Uh, I'm, I'm mostly bad at, at everything besides, <laughs> uh, besides, uh, baseball and, and, uh, and, and deer hunting. So besides that, I'm, I'm pretty bad at most things. Nice. Well, Hey, you've got time you've got out there. Maybe you can work on your golf swing when you got that. But, uh, yeah, it's weird. Cause there's a lot of baseball players say that they're not good golfers because it messes with the swing. Is that right? Yeah. It's just such a, the, the swings, a lot of folks say the swings are similar from a biomechanical standpoint. And there are, there are like carryovers, but, but there's a, a lot that's different. Um, and, and this, the swings are different enough to where you, you have to really focus on one or the other for the most part, unless you're a great athlete. And there are some guys that, that can do whatever, you know, when Scott Rowland scouts on our, on our coaching staff and, you know, Scott will walk out and be, be a a great golfer or, or I'm like, Scott, how do you do that? And like, you're, you're a hall of fame baseball player. How do you golf? He's like, I don't know. I just do. It's like, that's great. That's great. (laughs) And then like, you know, like three or four pointers and, I'll go from hitting the ball between my legs to just like just shanking it three, you know, three <laughs> over. So he, he really helped me get a lot better. But for the most part, you have to study it so much and understand it that, that yeah. most baseball guys just don't take the time. Yeah, that's a lot. It's a lot of uh, it's a lot of work to be good at a habit that in the grand scheme of things does not necessarily mean anything. So, right. Um, right. All right. So we are all we've talked about for the last I don't know how long has it been, Chaz. It seems like it seems like three years, but is days, it, of, days have lost meaning at this point. I don't. Know. <laughs> uh, so we are going to switch switch gears here a little bit um, now. Do you go by Jeff or Jeffrey? Uh, my mom calls me Jeffrey, but most everyone else calls me uh, Merce or Jeff. All right, we're going to go with Merce because I like that. Okay. So, all right, Merce. So young. Merce, uh, did you did you go to um, Franklin growing up? Yeah, so we moved a little bit when I was young. So I grew up in Franklin uh, when I was kindergarten, first grade. We moved to Greenfield. My dad started an indoor baseball facility in Greenfield. We moved there for 
two years when I was in elementary, we moved back, and I went to Hopewell, which is uh, no, no longer one of the schools, turned into Creekside. Went to Hopewell for, I think, fourth and fifth grade. Then I went to uh, Custer Baker and, and then to, to Franklin. Yeah. Okay. And then how did – I mean, obviously your dad was, was into baseball, so was it kind of always something that was ingrained into you? Yeah, my, my folks always <clears> – <throat> they supported whatever it is that we did. There's, there's four of us boys. And I can remember at one point, one of my brothers decided to not play baseball and to go into swimming. And, and, and that was fine. It was just, you, you needed to be doing something. You needed to be active. You needed to be working towards something. And I gravitated towards baseball. I wasn't a great athlete, naturally gifted. Baseball was something that I could, I could work hard at. It was a skill acquisition sport and my dad did it. And so I think like a, like a lot of, uh, children, especially boys, they, they want to be like their dad. And I, I, I took to baseball at, at a young age and I, I, I wrestled, I played football. I was a terrible basketball player, but I tried it a little bit. Uh, and in baseball was just always uh, something I was really passionate about. And, and again, it was, it was a way for me to get to spend time with, with my dad, like yeah. we all wanted, like we all wanted to do. And, uh, and, and he, he guided me in many ways and he, and he still does to, to, to this day. <laughs> Do you um, like when, you know, growing up and playing baseball with with the dad who's the coach and and in charge of that? Did you feel any extra pressure whenever you played or anything as far as I have to be good? Or did your dad really help kind of tamper those expectations for you? I I wanted I wanted to be good uh, for myself. But as as a young person, Again, I wasn't unique in this, but I, I wanted to be good because I, I think a lot of that, that was the expectation that I was supposed to be good. And my dad was the coach and he, he is an incredible person. He is an incredible person. Uh, but but he was he was hard. He was hard on me. He was hard on all the players. And, and I wasn't I wasn't different. I didn't uh, receive a preferential treatment, if anything, maybe a little bit firmer at times. And, uh, and I was the oldest of four boys. And so I'm the first one to come through in, in the coach's kids. So, uh, that was, it was a little harder for me at a younger age, uh, you know, middle school to early high school to kind of, kind of rash or kind of wrap my mind around some of those things. Um, and, and as I got older, I understood it better and I handled it better as I went. Um, but, but I did feel, I did feel that as a, as a young kid in a, in a, a small community, you know, like, like Franklin and where everybody knows everybody and, and, and everybody knows the, the, the coaches and the coaches kid and the expectation of, of, you know, playing and playing time and being good enough to really have earned it. And uh, there was, there was some, it, it made me better for having gone through that. And, and especially now in the, in the line of work that, that I work in where there, there, there are a lot of expectations and, you know, opinions and, and a lot of thoughts on, well, should you have done this or should you have done that? It does help to prepare you to have thick enough skin to, to, to manage being an athlete or a coach that's a little bit more in the spotlight than, than, than most lines of work. Yeah, that's I mean, it's interesting because you you are, like you said, you're in the spotlight so much with that and the decisions you make and you kind of have to have to, you know, say this is this is why I'm doing this or this is why I'm doing that. Was that, you know, as you were growing up and playing baseball um, and and you're playing for your dad, did you was that kind of when the coaching bug hit or did you always did was your goal like Major League Baseball? I wanted to play uh, professional baseball as, as, as all kids. I, 
I was a I was a really good young player. I was when I was in sixth and seventh and eighth grade. I I was a really good player. I was far advanced for my age, and so those uh you know those those aspirations I, I thought that well those are those are realistic. I mean I could I could really I could play major league baseball and. And I got to high school, and, uh, and and again, I was I was a really good young player. Uh, those things were still in my mind, and I would say probably my sophomore to my junior year, I, I stopped growing. I had a I had a hand injury in my junior year of football, where I I, uh, I lost the use of my right ring finger and, and part of my right hand, and and it and I had a bad really bad junior year of, of baseball and for high school, I had to relearn how to use kind of my my whole right side. And, and it, that was kind of time where I was like, I'm probably not, I may play professionally, but I'm not going to make a living playing baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I need to think about what else I want to do. And I always knew that if I didn't play, I, I wanted to be in it and be around it. My, my mom's a teacher. Most of my family is in education. My dad's in education. And, and I, I like that. I like to teach. I like to help. I like to, it's just, people are satisfied and fulfilled in different ways. And, and, and that satisfies me. It fulfills me knowing that I, that I can help and, and I can, I can give of myself. And, and, and this is the one area that I know a lot about. So I, I knew probably as a eighth grader to sophomore year that coaching was probably what I wanted to do someday. And then by my junior year of high school, it was like, that's what I'm going to do. I need to begin preparing for that. Uh, for for when my career does come to an end, be it after college or after a short professional career, and then really every decision that I made thereafter was was with that in mind. That if I can learn this, I need to I need to learn all that I can because I'll someday have to teach this, right. and, and that really helped to shape the decisions that I made through high school and college. I gotcha. So, um, how did you get back to to Franklin? When I was in elementary school? No, after, because uh, didn't when you went to Greenfield. Yes. So we, so my, my, I'm trying to think about the timeline. So I was probably in third grade when, when we, or fourth grade when we came back. So we were in Greenfield. He ran the facility. And then uh, I think it was when he was named the high school coach at Franklin. It was when okay. we moved back or we moved back to Franklin. We moved out to Borgersville. Um, uh, I forget why we moved back there originally. Actually, he interviewed a couple places. He interviewed a couple places, and he finally got uh, the the Franklin job. I think we just liked the community so much when we had been here before, in the the indoor the the, the instructional, the lessons and whatnot. It, he he, they were he was doing really well. We were very successful. I just don't think it fulfilled him the way that yeah uh, uh, other things had, and so we came back to Franklin. My mom was a teacher at Whiteland, so kind of a natural kind of a natural progression back to, to, to Franklin and and when loved it yeah that now was the um was that big baseball barn or what the one out by the high school was that built when you guys came back or was that in the process or how was that so that was built uh when that was built when we came back I was probably in sixth grade sixth or seventh grade yeah. maybe so that that would have been like 96, 97, something like that, I think. Probably, yes. Probably, yeah. yes. So they had talked about uh, building an indoor facility and, and uh, you know, the, you know, finances are always a concern and you're trying to raise money and this and that. Well, the, the one thing that, that they had, now, again, this is from 
my remembrance of it right when I was in at that time. But there was a lot of the a lot of the the parents that had, uh, you know, they they were they had worked in construction or they had you know different skills and. Uh, there was, I think there was one of the parents was more of a, a, a large scale donor. And then we just built it the, you know, the, the parents built it, you know, it wasn't like the, um, you know, we, they, they had it done by somebody else. I can remember being out there every day with my dad and all the parents. Now the parents had the construction back and they have had their own companies, but right. the parents were out there and the players were out there. They built it. And uh, yeah, it was, it was incredible. It was, it was, it was very exciting time for all of us, but you know, for a, for a kid to be out there in the middle of that and watching your dad do those things and knowing that, Hey, I'm going to get to do this too. I'm going to get to work out in here and use this and play high school yeah. baseball here. It was, uh, it was thrilling. I remember. Um, so it was when I was, I think I was a senior junior or senior. It was, um, so it'd been like the class, I was a class of 98. And yep. so there was, they had just, I think they had just had started that indoor facility yep. and, it was the kids who I was in the class with and they came in one morning after a morning practice that your dad, I think was kind of frustrated with them. And they had blisters all over their hands. They had to, they were just, it was just swinging the whole morning. And I even remember, and I can't remember what the quote is, but it's like, it's some quote by your dad. It's in the yearbook about, um, uh, re repetition being about the importance of repetition, but yeah. I don't remember. Did yeah. you, what was the, like, is there any workout in particular that you remember? Um, I, I remember the, the, the boys telling a story, the, the guys that were older than me, um, Craig Bland and some of those guys, I'm so good friends with Craig Bland, but yeah, I, I remember them telling telling a story about they had they had you know they had played poorly and and or maybe not even lost maybe they won and just were really sloppy and they they my dad wrote a practice plan and the the practice plan they just you know they did sprints or ran or push ups or whatever for an hour or two and at the end of the practice plan they they the players they like tore the practice plan up and ate the pieces or something something silly right when you know when you're a kid and that sounds funny and they still they still love to they still have to talk about that but i probably from a personal standpoint i can remember when he took us down to uh down to barren river we would go down on a spring break trip we would stay in his cabins and uh, his assistant coaches were were mark peeper and m carney and uh, i had a bunch of like assistants but those were the guys that, that i grew up with and i can remember emmett emmett's actually my my youngest brother's godfather and he's a like a second dad to me but I can remember Emmett running us up and down the hill, uh, you know, hollering and yelling and, and, and just, you know, really putting it to us. But, but I, I loved it. Like I, I remember how much fun it was there with my teammates and we were all like, we were all dying together, but it was our own. And it, there was a sense of, you know, I, I loved playing for my high school for, for Franklin more than I enjoyed playing for any other team. And, and I got a chance to play, you know, I, when I played for the Bulls, we went to five straight national championship games and mm -hmm. won a couple of them. And we got to go all over the place. But I, I loved playing for Franklin because these are the guys I grew up with. They were my friends. They were the, you know, the kids that I went to elementary school with all the way through. And the it, there was just something about running sprints up a hill and doing sit-ups uphill and push-ups downhill with Coach Carney hollering at us and, 
with my buddies that that was just a great sense of belonging and community and uh, I many of my most fond memories were uh, memories like that where it's like why was why was that why would you like that and I was I just I loved it because I was part of something that was bigger than myself and and uh, and, it, and it carried a lot of weight with me is there a game or a specific memory from a game that from your time playing at Franklin that like sticks in your mind that you can like just go back to immediately. Like when you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately my last game yeah, where I pitched and, and Southport beat me like a pinata. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we almost, we almost cleared the benches and we got run ruled in the sectional. That one, unfortunately, isn't it funny? That's the first thing you, you think of is is uh, is that one, but um, hey, Jeff. Uh, yeah, you you buried the lead there. What? Wait, <laughs> <laughs> take us back here a little bit. Uh, we almost cleared the benches. Yeah, that's a that's a. Big What's your? Uh, you just uh, you can't gloss over that. <laughs> uh, yeah, we almost got a huge fight, but they beat me really bad. Let's see. No, no. Nope. Well, <laughs> that's funny. I didn't think about that. Kind of came out. Uh, <laughs> so I. I, uh, I, I, I pitched, I started and I, I mean, I threw terrible. Like I was throwing like 78 miles an hour. I was terrible. What did you, and normally, it, what'd you normally I, pitch? Like, I mean, I was, I was mid eighties in high school and, and I threw a little harder in college. I was never a, a really hard thrower. Not like, you know, kids today, like 84, 87 today is, you know, it's not what it used to be. I was yeah. a good high school pitcher. And, um, but we just guys didn't throw as hard then as they do now, but, um, so I, I got beat up really bad, and uh, they, they took me out probably in the third or the fourth. We were down. I think uh, Bart Carter came in, or Thomas Hamlin. Bart played professionally uh, for a while, was a really good pitcher. And then I said, you know, hey, we're not getting run ruled. Like, my, I, I screwed up, but, like, don't don't let us get run ruled in, the, on, on, in our last game. Okay? <laughs> That's something like that. And in uh, Southport had a had a shortstop. I won't say his name, but he was a a really good player. I mean, he was a really good player, switch hitter. Uh, played college. I think he played professionally. I mean, this guy was was a was a, a real prospect. And he was like seven for five that day with like five. <laughs> I mean, he killed me. And uh, so I was I was playing first base after I got pulled. And so when you're when you're playing. First base, the guy that's a no, like a no doubt double. You pinch the inside corner of first base, and then you trail to second base, right? And so I'm, I pinch the corner, and I'm mad. I'm mad. So I pinch the corner, and I was like probably standing on top of the base because I was ticked <laughs> off because he hit like his fifth double of the day. And uh, so he comes around first base, and I was probably standing too close to the base. He takes like a half swing at me with his left hand coming across the base, and I kind of dodged it. And I chased him to second base, and and I'm hollering at him, and we like get we like getting like pushing and stuff in the second base. Um, we were not actually, I, I assume we were not going to fight. Everyone jumped in between, <laughs> so with the benches clear, and, and you know everybody comes out, and they come out, and, and I'm just like a frustrated eight, or seventeen or eighteen year old kid that my last game of my high school career uh, got my brains beat in by Southport, so. Yeah, it was. It was. I probably was too close to the base, and and uh, and he probably had the right to not, or he had the right to take offense to like, what are you doing? And um, that was how my high school career ended. So. Okay, <clears throat> so 
no one holds you back, would you have taken him? <laughs> I don't know. My dad probably would have whipped my tail faster than I whipped his tail. Hey. So he, uh, so, uh, and sometimes, I mean, he didn't need to swing at you. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't. He didn't. But I was, a, I was a really good wrestler, and I was a lot bigger than him. So I, I felt like I was probably in a good place. Plus, plus, think about it. You're ticked off. Yeah, you're like 17, 18. This dude's been, this dude had a had a day on you. Yeah, I mean, there's a little extra coming through you. Oh, I was ticked. I was hot, and it was it was um, it was not his fault, but in my eyes, it was his fault. Right, <laughs> right. I mean, you're a kid, right? You're in the moment, yeah. and he's a great player. He went on to be a great player, and um, he was really, really good. And I was yeah. mad at him because he was better than me. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, so I have a question about one of your one of your former coaches. Yeah. Do you ever remember a coach of yours being confused for a player? Uh, oh, this. So we had a house on. Okay. Yeah. I can. Oh, I can definitely see that. So I definitely see that. He said he said it was your freshman year, I think, and it was you were on JV for a few games. Yeah. Because he said it was before he started hitting bombs and he, he was <laughs> JV. I didn't have him for very long. But he said you guys were in a huddle and the ump came up and uh yes. do you remember that? Yes, Tell, continue, but I do remember it now. Yeah. So he said the ump came up and said, uh, hey, I need to talk to your coach. And A House looked up and was like, "Yeah, I'm the coach." And the ump was like, "No, seriously, I need to talk to your coach." <laughs> yes, I remember that now. I do remember that. He was a great. He was a great coach. He was a great baseball coach. He was a really, really good pitching guy. Very smart. I always remember him. He uh, was really good at teaching a changeup. He threw a really good changeup, and mm-hmm. he fought that really well. And he was adamant that guys learn to throw a good changeup. But he was a great communicator. You know, you know, him, like his demeanor, he's so calm and level headed. I I, I learned a lot. I really, I really Mm -hmm. endeared myself to him. I I, I really enjoyed him a ton in the in the time that we were together. Yeah. What was that like three weeks before they brought you up to? (laughs) Yeah, it it wasn't. But but he I was still around him a ton because I he worked with the pitchers and, and, and I. I actually was more of a pitcher in high school than I was a position player than a hitter. I made the the North South team as a pitcher. Uh, okay. And then once I got into college, I, I blew my shoulder out like everybody does and became a, a hitter. So, uh, but yeah, no, yeah, we spent a little bit of time together, but he, he was, he's an awesome guy. Yeah. He's, he's a good guy. Um, so you, you said like pitcher and you were a pitcher for most of high school. What was your, what was your best pitch and what was your worst pitch? Um, I, uh, my best pitch, I, I always do a good breaking ball. So I go throw a really good curveball. I threw a good slider. My, my fastball was fine. I threw hard enough to, to beat most high school hitters, but I, I could throw a good breaking ball. I could throw a first strike. Uh, my, my worst pitch. Uh, so when I, when I hurt my hand, so I hurt my, uh, my right ring finger, I used to have a really good change up a good, like a good, uh, uh straight change. But once I hurt my hand, I couldn't throw a changeup anymore. So I, I learned a cutter. And I didn't know it was a cutter at the time, but it was a cutter. And, and so I was trying to find something that, that uh, would work either like just short or down, just slower, something that wasn't a fastball or a breaking ball. Because after a while, your two-pitch guy gets beat. So we were playing. 
we were playing at Center Grove. You guys remember JB Paxson? Uh, JB was yeah a great player and a good friend of mine, but played professional for a long time. Uh, uh, but like a transcendent high school talent. And uh, so I, I had learned this cutter. We're playing at Center Grove, and I never threw well against Center Grove for whatever reason because most guys don't throw well against Center Grove, especially <laughs> back in the early 2000s. I mean, they were cooking. I mean, they were shipping out. They had um, – when I was there, they had uh, Zap. Yeah, they had Zap and Nikki Jameson. And, yeah. I mean, just like guy after guy after guy. They had a bunch of good players. So it was like two guys on down first and second in the first or second inning. Paxson comes up, and, and JB was like – you know, JB was like 6'3", 250 pounds in high school of like solid muscle. He was like a, he was like a top, like a top ten defensive end recruit in the country, if, if you guys remember. And uh, and JB's walkout song was the Darth Vader, <laughs> da, 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 right? So it was like the Darth Vader walkout song, and he like he lived up to it, man. He was so good. So I uh, I got a three one count going first and second and one out probably in the first inning. And I was like, I got it. I'm going to throw him a 3 1 cutter. <laughs> and he hit it on top of the buses in left field. He hit it like 510 feet. I mean, it was it was one of the most unbelievable things I've ever witnessed in my own two eyes. So that was probably the worst pitch I ever threw. I scrapped the cutter after Yeah, that. I was about to say, did you ever throw that cutter again? No, I threw it in the garbage is where I threw it. I threw that walked off the field. Dude, I, that's, like, that's like the scene. It's like a scene out of a movie is this huge dude just comes yeah. at, out. You're, you're up there. You're like, this guy is one of the top ten football recruits in the nation. He's a great baseball player. I just picture you, and I'm sure it wasn't like this, but you're like – you know, your jersey's kind of loose on you. It's like if we're in a movie. And right. you're just like, you know what pitch I've never thrown that's really going to take him off guard is that right. cutter. Is that I've, cutter? I've I tried that cutter in the bullpen yesterday. I'm going to throw it in the biggest game of my life. Right? <laughs> yeah. Three to one, three to one. Yeah, he's he's going to hit this as a dribbler right back to me. I'm going right. to get out of the jam. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he was like Jack Parkman from uh, – what was that? What was that? Major League? Jack yeah. 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 He. He. And I wasn't the only guy that he put a hurt into. He. He put a hurt into a lot of guys. Man. He was and, and then you just you probably heard that sound and like right when you heard it connect in your head you're just like shouldn't have thrown shouldn't have thrown that cutter. I. I should have. I should have thought. I should have thought about that longer than I did. It's like every idea is a good idea until like you're touching real life. It's like, you know what? This sounds like a really good idea. And then like you have to like actually do what you planned on. It's like, this was so stupid. Why did I do this? Why did I do that? That's awesome. I do that all the time still, but that was bad. One. Yeah, so um, you are got, got a couple, few more questions for you. We don't want to take up too much. I mean, actually, I don't really care. We can take up all your time. We can sit here and talk all you want, but just in considerate for you. Um, so your first base. Yeah. You're the first person people get to. Are right. you are you a talker there? No. That it, it always drives me nuts. So I I, I coach the base running uh, at Indiana and uh, coach Simmons and I coach them together, but it's one of my biggest pet peeves. It's like I don't know why everyone that gets to first base, that you guys are all of a sudden like law like long lost friends. Like you you've just been separated for a year. And you haven't seen each other, and you and you grew up together. It's like you don't even know this person. 
why are we talking to him like your best friends? It's like you have a job to do. Like they, you, you're late to get the signs. You don't get a proper jump. You don't get your secondary. It's like all because we have this infatuation with talking with the first baseman. It drives me nuts. I was not – I mean, it was like I just did my job. Like I was there to do my job. You're here to do your job. And, and no, I didn't, I'm not sure if that's what you meant, but that, that yeah. bothers me. Sorry. Did you, what about trash talk? Uh, uh, <laughs> I, I didn't do this, but I have a good story about, about that at first base. Uh, we were playing, uh, if you have a minute, right? We have so much time right now. It's unbelievable. You go just want to go get your, go get your uh, yearbook and let's just go through game <laughs> by game. <laughs> We have no sports, so this is what we have. <laughs> That's a good point. So we were playing that. We were playing that Kokomo. We were playing that Kokomo. We were, yeah, up in Kokomo. In my, it was my senior year. I was playing first base, and my youngest brother, or my second brother, Daniel, was a was a, a far better player than me. I mean, he was a a great player. Um, the, the 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 day before the week before we were we were running poles on the warning track we're doing sprints or whatever and he stepped on a ball and rolled his ankle right so i'm playing first my brother uh, daniel's on the bench he had tried to play and, and his ankle was all swelled up so he's on the bench with his leg propped up with a bag of ice on his ankle right and and they had a they had a really good player at the time and and and, and big physical kid nice guy Later on in life, I've gotten to know him, but um, he he walks. Our our no, I know what it was. Our pitcher, we were getting beat, and our, our pitcher was not not real good. Um, and he hits me with like a fifty eight mile an hour curveball in the back. Right, he hits this kid, and uh, the kid like kind of like yo know, looks at the pitcher like, "What are you doing?" And and like like it was on purpose, and and everyone's kind of like, "Come on, man! Like just get to first base." And my, my brother's on the bench in the dugout, and he's hollering at him. He's like, get to first base. He was like, quit looking at him, and da-da-da-da. So the kid gets down to me at first base, and he's like, the kid's yelling back. He doesn't know it's my brother. And he's yelling my, on the bench. He was like, Sh you know, shut up before I come in there, or whatever it is. And, and my brother was an All-State wrestler. I mean, like an All-State caliber middle linebacker, All-State wrestler, caliber wrestler, like a great athlete. And, a, and a, like – in all reality, a bad dude. Like he whipped my butt um, as, a, as a sophomore in high school, and uh, and so I'm just I'm like I'm like listen, man. Like I know that you don't know who that is. I'm like, but you don't like that's not the guy that you want to talk to. I know he's got a bum ankle, but I'm telling you, like he's gonna he's gonna fold you like a pretzel if he comes out here. So he's like, yeah, right. Like who is it? I'm like, it's my brother, and he beats me. Like he beats me up. Like I'm telling you. He's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna hurt you if you if you go over there. And so the guy, they, long story short, the guy ends up like we go back and forth, and he ends up like he kind of knows me because we were both good players on the circuit, and he kind of ends up like backing his way down. And uh, you know, I go back over between innings, and I'm like, "You're lucky I talked to him. I come over in the dugout because he was gonna kick your butt over here with one ankle." <laughs> and he's like, "There's, you know, there's no way I would have taken him. I would have taken him, but." That was the that was the closest that, that I got the trash talking at first base. Besides the time that a guy swung at me, and then I, I broke up a fight uh, in between my brother and and a kid on the the other team at first base. So that was probably as close as I got the trash talking over there. 
now so if someone if you come around if you're you're coming around first base and someone starts talking to you did you just ignore them yeah yeah for the most part for the <laughs> most part I, I didn't uh i didn't get get into it too much but if there was ever a problem you know you, you're gonna stick up for your guys and your teammates but uh, if there was ever too much of an issue i would, I would handle it but um not too much okay so give me a time because obviously you know, you're, you're, you sit here and you say, Oh, I, I stopped. I, you know, I was a great younger player or whatever, but I mean, you're a division one conference player of the year. So you were, you're a great baseball player. Um, what's like the hit that you remember that you're like, or is there a hit that you remember? And you're like, right when that hit, that thing was gone. Yeah. Like uh, your, uh, was it Roy Hobson moment? Yeah, I would say probably my 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 favorite moment, and I did. I went. You're right. I went on to have a really good college career. I just wasn't a a, a really natural player. Like my my junior year of high school to my freshman year of college, I was very pedestrian by those standards, by the Division One standard, and and, uh, and then I and then I got really good later in college. But uh, my my senior year, we were in the conference tournament. Uh, and we were down by four or five runs to, I think, I can't remember who it was. Down by four or five runs in the first game or the second game of the tournament. And like in the fourth or fifth inning, and it was getting like, we weren't supposed to lose this game. It was getting kind of close. And um, I had been named the conference player of the year. I was an All-American. And um, so I let off the inning. And the first pitch I saw, I had a, I had a home run to left center. And I thumped it. I hit it, I hit it really good. I hit it, hit, hit it way out. Around the bases, now we're down by like four runs. We go, we go on, we hit around, we bat around in the inning. And I come back up in the same inning. <laughs> two guys on. There's a guy on first and second and like one out. And now we're up by a run or up by two runs. And I get into a two one count and he throws me a two one fastball and I hit another home run oh in the same spot. <laughs> I, I murdered it. And uh, I kind of watched it for half a second. Not bad. I didn't do that stuff much. I sprinted the bases. But, like, it was one of those moments where it's like, I just hit two home runs in the same inning. And we just won this game. And then we went on to win the, win the conference tournament and, and go, to the, go, to a, go to a regional. Um, but that, that moment was probably uh, uh, one, of the, one of the ones that I, I, I look back on that, that – uh, That's pretty cool. Really, really, really yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty cool. cool. <laughs> yeah. Was it the same pitcher? I don't think so. Mm, that would be a really bad day for that guy. Just like, <laughs> like my bad day for JB Paxson. That would be a really bad day <laughs> for that guy. So, just kind of stepping back a little bit, and and you talked about how you you figured after you hurt your hand and everything that you had to um, you know come up with a different pitch or one because you know two two pitch pitchers get beat like you said. Um, was that something that you came up with on your own? And have you always like looked at the game more as a, as a coach and through a coach's eyes? Uh, I actually, I had a coach, uh, I think he was working with a different guy uh, and, and, and was talking about that pitch. And so I, I kind of picked it up listening to him. Um, I've, I've always been like that. Cause I, I, I guess I, I know that I'm, I was more talented than, than some, but I, on the scale of being a great player, on the scale of like the guys that I coach every day, I wasn't a very naturally gifted player. 
so I, I've always been very process based. It's, it's always been really important to me to find a way to be competitive, maybe when I shouldn't have been or shouldn't be. So that, that really has helped me. The, the, the thing I learned early on was, is it, can I, can I separate my emotions from the outcome? Because if I become so emotionally attached to the outcome of a situation, then I'm, I'm not able to, to really evaluate myself and evaluate the process in which I went through to try to get where I wanted. And as long as I'm, as long as I was working towards where I wanted to go, I was okay with whatever happened. Um, but I wasn't okay with self-evaluating and not doing what I felt like I should to be as good as I could. So it, it, that, that, that idea really carried from as a player and then going into coaching, it, it translated really well um, because I, I, I I can, I can look at a player and I can say, okay, so when I went to college, I went into college as, as a, as a walk on, I was like on 2% back when they could do different percent. So realistically, realistically, I was a walk on with one division, one opportunity. And I went from the last guy on the team to uh, an all American, the player, the year, the best guy. So it's like, I can understand where the walk on's coming from and the guy that's just trying to survive. And I can understand where the best player on the team's coming from and, and be relatable uh, uh, to, to both of those groups of guys. And I think all of those things, they, they go back to how you, um, how you perceive the, the process versus how you perceive the outcome. And, and that's a, a really important piece I learned early on. So does it frustrate you when you deal with, with guys who um, don't have, I guess that, that, drive like you did is that something that you have to kind of as a coach obviously you're going to deal with kids who don't have that as much and are just more naturally gifted is that something that's hard not hard for you but is that something that's more frustrating for you as a coach it, it, it used to be more frustrating than it is now um, what I've learned is everybody has a why it's my job to figure out what it is so there there's a reason that people do whatever it is that they do. And, and, and so as a coach, I can sit here and say, okay, that person frustrates me because they don't think exactly like I think, well, they, they come from a different background. They have a different uh, family. They have, they perceive situations differently because of the way they were raised. We, we are the culmination the outcome of, of our, uh, of, 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 of the experiences that we've had through life. So, my frustration early as a coach would be, why don't you think like I think? And as that transitioned into how can I think like you're thinking and then manipulate your thought process to get you to where you need to be at. That's when I became a really good coach. And, and that's where we have to, to be able to, to, to be empathetic and say, you don't think like I think right now, I need you to, to, to listen to where I'm coming from, I'm going to listen to where you're coming from and let's work to where you want to go. And the, 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 the main driver is why. Mm -hmm. So it's like people want to be famous. People want uh, a partner and they want money, right? That's what most young men want. That's what yes. they want. So it's like you work within that to get them to where they can truthfully are our best place. Uh, our best motivation is to just be satisfied and fulfilled knowing that I'm the best version of myself. Like I'm doing this because I'm the best I can be at this. And that's all that matters to me. I'm satisfied knowing 
then I did the best that I could. But many times with young men, especially, you have to use the, the, the universal motivators, right? Power, a partner, right. and finances to get them to understand where they're, what they're trying to do is really just to be the best they can be at whatever. I, I tell guys when I first walk in, like the first team meeting, it's like, I don't care if you play baseball or not. I don't care. You can play baseball if you want. You can quit today if you want. You can, you can do whatever. Whatever you're passionate about, you should do that. And if you're going to do it, just be the absolute best that you can be at it because that's, that's what, that's what, th there's no other point in doing this. So if you're right. going to do it, I'm not going to walk in today and motivate you to do it because you're telling me this is what you want to do. And that, that's how I was as a, as a young player and growing up in Franklin as well. Like, this was just what I wanted to do. And I had a lot of people in my life that were guiding me on how to do it. Mm -hmm. and, and that was what I was really thankful for, for the community and the coaches and the people that I had was if I wanted to play football, if I wanted to wrestle, if I wanted to be a doctor, I would have had the same support from my community that I had that, that I wanted to play baseball. And, and that's what I've always taken from the community, but how I've applied it into what I'm doing now. That's yeah. I, I mean, it's, to me, it sounds like, um, you know, you, your goal is to get the best out of the kids as possible. And then the winning and everything like that will take care of itself for that. Is that kind of your philosophy? Yeah. The, the, the outcome is the most uncontrollable part of it. It's the most <clears throat> uncontrollable piece. So if, if, if I can, I, I tell you guys all the time, my, my, I, when I wake up every day, I don't say, Hey, I'm, I want to wake up today and we're going to Omaha. I want to wake up today and I want to win a state championship. Like when I wake up today, I want to teach the guys how to break their glove in the right way. Like how do I get the lead off of first base appropriately? How do I, because if I can control all the controllables, then the outcome is going to be what it's going to be. And ultimately I have no regret. Yeah. I have like with my career, I have zero regrets how my career ended at Franklin, how my career ended in high school. I have no regrets. I didn't play in the big leagues. I didn't make any money playing baseball. I actually went deep into debt playing <laughs> playing college baseball. Uh, yeah, but I, I have no regrets. I, I did the most that I could with what God gave me, and I, I enjoyed it the best that I could. And, and ultimately, what, what more could we want from our careers than that? Right. So as a coach, then what do you look for um, in a recruit that you're recruiting? And also – I mean, do like do you check their social media? Um, and in kind of this age, it seems like with with kids doing so much, like do you look at oh this kid pitched? I I'm not really a big baseball guy. I don't know a whole lot like numbers wise or anything. But like this kid pitched 200 innings last in the last three weeks. I don't know if that's going to hold up. Do you look at things like that? Yeah, I think I think all of it. Uh, all of it goes into making a quality decision, but I, I, you look at you look at. To me, it's really two two main things. So every every uh, player has to have a, a physical prerequisite to play in your system. Everyone's system being different. If you look at the most successful organizations and franchises in the world, be it sports or be it uh, a, a business, they all have a they all have a model. They all have a system, and they follow that. And the pieces become interchangeable in that. So when someone leaves to go become the CEO at the next business or company, there's a process that they have built in 
to allow the next person to, to matriculate up. Same thing here. So when we have guys drafted and move on, we have to have a system and a model that allow us to repeat success over and over and over again, right? So the first thing is, does he have the prerequisite ability to fit into our model? Okay. There's a lot of guys that, 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 that fall into that category. The second piece is, is who you are is more important than what you are. So as much as the model is, is, is based on math and numbers and, and equations, and it's, it's right, it is precise, who you are is still more important than what you are. And so as you go through, you're looking for, I, 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 it's not my job to wake up every single day and to motivate you to care about baseball. If you don't care about this, that's okay. Please go do something that excites you. Now I can help today and say, hey, remember, you care about this. I can remind you, hey, this is really important to you. And you wanted to do this. And so here's how the plan that goes about it. But if you don't love it, then leave it. That's fine. There's someone else that does. It's, it's just not going to make you happy or me. So you talk about having a passion to play the game. The, 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 the toughness, right? The, the true toughness, the, the ability to handle adversity. I like guys. Adversity is good. It is the way, right? Through the adversity is the way that we have the, 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 the success. So you, you like guys that have had tough things happen to them. Um, you like guys that are, that are individually motivated, uh, you know, morally and ethically, right? Can we, can we make good decisions? Do we, do we care about the right things? Not everyone's perfect. I've coached a lot of kids that are rough from rough backgrounds and, and some kids that grew up uh, in, in great situations and, and some were tough and some weren't, but, uh, do, do we have the prerequisite abilities to go out and to under, understand that we're going to try to perform at a really high level in front of thousands of people and sometimes on national television at a game that's based around failure, that's incredibly difficult to master, and everyone gets to sit there and, and give their two cents and their opinions on, on what you did or you didn't do, and you're probably going to fail the majority of the time. Like, can you handle what you're getting ready to walk into? And so you, you've got to be really, you'd be really thorough in the kind of people that you recruit that you think can, uh, can, can withstand that kind of a situation. Um, Cause if not, you're, you're setting everyone up for failure. You're setting up the program and the person that you've asked to do something that's just not necessarily um, in, in their wheelhouse. So there's a lot, a lot that goes into it. You, you're looking, I mean, if you wanted to go into the physical traits, you look at ankle mobility and hand size and arm length and, and uh, I mean, just on and on and on and on and on. Like, it's just like, it's a, it's a science about, upon sciences. And we've done a really good job of it. Like, honestly, done a really good job of understanding what, what body types work, what frames work, what personalities work uh, with us and putting them in our system and our model. And I, I think that's why you've seen us win so many games, but also, have so many guys go on and have really successful professional careers too. Now, do you have a, a Moneyball statistician throwing all these numbers into a spreadsheet algorithm for you? Is that how this works? <laughs> it's, it's, you laugh, but yes, actually we do. Yeah, yeah that's pretty amazing. Yeah. That's one so, thing that I think is crazy, and I would love to know how that kind of works kind of behind the scenes of it because it's just so many numbers. And I think baseball is like the statistician's – like dream sport because there's just so many things that you can plug into there. So our, uh, our, our base, our, our baseball operations uh, director and also as our, our pitching development behind the scenes, Denton Sagerman was an aerospace engineer, undergrad and masters, right? He, he literally should work for NASA. 
but he decided he wanted to work in baseball. And so uh, I'm going to have to get a phone charger. Give me one second. Give me one okay. second. Okay. Be right back. Sorry. Uh, so for those of you who are listening, uh, tomorrow we will have Benji Betts on, uh, former FCHS athlete and uh, Franklin College grad as well. So we will uh, uh, we'll have him on as well. And then we're kind of stuck, Jazz. I know it's um, <laughs> we're gonna be staring at walls. We're gonna get some get some others. Hey, Jeff, right. before you answer that question, are those shorts or pants? Oh, they're shorts. Nice. Candy stripe shorts. So, if I send you my address, can you give me some of those? <laughs> I'll see if we have any extra of the uh, uh, team team issued gear. Yes. Make some phone calls. Yes. Send me some team issued gear. I will wear it so much. You do not even know. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, no. the, yeah. That was actually one of the questions I had for you was about advanced analytics because it did say that was in my research. Uh, it did say you were a you were a big you were a big proponent of that. So with so with Denton Denton can help us with a lot of understanding the numbers. Um, so so for us, if you look at, at baseball, um, maybe unlike any sport, um, baseball is just like a repeating algorithm. The situations repeat over and over and over again, and so you look at like guys left-handed versus right-handed, but you're just time to first base, time first to third. Um, you're, you're looking at uh, the ability that your know, balls put in play, strikeout to walk ratio, on base percentage, slugging, where it's like if I have a guy who's left-handed, he runs a 4-1 to first base, uh, he walks more than he strikes out, uh, he's going to he's, and he, and he hits the ball on a line 60% of the time. Like that's a guy that, that over a period of time will, will change the game fundamentally from the standpoint that can by compared to a guy that runs a 4-4 or 4-4-5, and strikes out 10 times more than he walks um, and has like a 40% line drive percent. Like he will create so many more runs over the course of a season, just based on how he goes home to first or, or first to third. And so like, what is, how do you repeat that over and over and over again throughout the course of the line, the course of the season. And so you're looking for profiles and didn't help to, helps to do that. But we also, as coaches are out there, I mean, that's what we sit there and talk about. That's what we value. So that's what we should recruit. And then we get those guys in. Then you have to help to teach them that information. And it's like, this is what we need to value. This is how we produce the results that we have to produce. This is the pitch selection. This is, this is your heat map and your strike zone awareness. These are all the things you have to do. It's just like a long litany of items and process to be able to have this guy fit exactly what he needs to do for his part of the algorithm to work. And then mm -hmm. you go to the next guy and the next guy and the next guy. And, and over a period of time, that's how you, you obviously put an offense together or you do something with the pitching staff when you're looking at different tunnels and in pitch selection and shape based off of pitches and spin rates. And I mean, it's, you were, it's incredible. Insane. In it's insane. Bonk. It's literally insane. But like, if you look at it, so our, our last year at, at Wright State, my last year at Wright State as a head coach, we led the country and run scored in the first three innings, which doesn't seem like, man, it's a nice stat, but why is that, why is that important? So it's based on scouting reports, right? And it's based on the ability to be able to teach kids to do what they need to do against certain pitch types, right? So it's like, if this guy's a, so the average spin rate on a fastball is like 2,200 to 2,300, right? More like 2,100 to 2,250. So that's like, the rotations of the fastball going this way. 
So if I've got a guy that just has a pedestrian fastball rotations like this, that's a much easier fastball to hit. If it's a 2,500, 2,550, what it does is it defies gravity as it comes to the hitting zone. So it doesn't drop like gravity normally causes fastballs to drop. If I have a fastball that's below that number, so let's say I had a 1,700 or 1,750 uh, a fa- spin around fastball, then that's a sinker, right? So you have like a sinker, you have a regular fastball, then you have a high RPM like a rise fastball. So you take all those numbers and you take his extension rate and his release height and you say, this is what it's going to look like. This is how it's going to operate. This is what your swing needs to do and go attack this guy's plan. He throws this pitch in this situation, da, 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 right? You have all that information then you apply it in real time to a guy's, his strengths and weaknesses as a player. And so as, as you can see, like if you lead the country and run scored in the first three innings, you're, you're the best at applying that information to the game. Mm-hmm. And then how that changes everything, obviously, is if you knock the Friday night starter out in the fifth inning and now the mid-relief arm has to come in, now he's burned. Now your sub guy has to come in. Now he's burned. And so you, you push everything forward. And then by Saturday or Sunday, those guys are in a terrible position. So right. I saw a stat last year that our coaching staff in the last three years – three years yeah in three years we've lost two series in three years and in conference so it's like like 28 and two or 35 and two some crazy number and it's because over a period of time if you have that that information and then you can apply that you just like the you cannot break you can't break the algorithm i got just like it just works the numbers repeat itself enough they just work so if that if that makes sense yeah do you have because like like you said there's so many stats you can do right. for baseball is there one that's just like a completely random one that's like your favorite to like talk about or like dig deep into that like no one besides a coach would know about i like this is this is pretty uh pretty normal i would say but free base to strike out and then pitches per up bat Okay. I, I mean, those are those are pretty uh, pretty standard. Um, trying to think about what else would be unique. Mm-hmm. I think the the one thing that we look at a ton that's unique is uh, is just like the the body type and the mobility. Mm-hmm. So you guys are like, I'll talk about like ankle mobility, and they're like, what? <laughs> I'm like, that guy's not gonna hit like his front shoulder stiff, and it's like, what are you talking about? Or like that guy's not going to hit his uh, – he's got his, – his hip tightness is not going to work or whatever it is. Like those kind of things, understanding basic biomechanics, how the body works, is is it's where baseball is going, but it's not mm-hmm. where it's been. Right. And, and that part, I, I think, if you're looking for something that's unique, that, yeah. that part is really unique. That's – yeah, so it's like you always picture in the past – I mean, it's just completely changed the game because it's always like – He's got 40 home runs. Yep. Sign me up. And now it's so much more than that. It's, you know, he's got 40 home runs right now, but in a year and a half, his shoulder's going to be gone or something like that. Or he's he's got 40 home runs, but it's like, when does he hit those home runs? Yeah. So it's like, does he have, does he have 37 solo home runs? Okay. So one of those solo home runs, it's like he hit them on Sundays against the, the, the back end arm. That's not like everyone's worn out. Like he's hitting them against second right arms with nobody on base. In in uh, in in leverage counts. It's like so. This guy can't hit with guys in scoring position 
when when it actually matters. Can you when you hit matters, RBIs yeah. matter. I mean, you you got to be able to have an at bat when the situation's not perfect for you to have an at bat. And the, and converse on this on this on the other side is that's great. Like on the on the mound, like you throw ninety five and and you can you you've got good stuff. Like when are you getting your strikeouts? Wh- who are you beating? Are you winning every Tuesday game or are you pitching on Fridays? Like you're the first one through the wall and are you the guy that everyone's game planning for? Can you execute pitches in, right. in, in those situations? You're right. That's, that's awesome. That's, that's crazy. I'd never, I've never really thought of that and, and just all the stuff that goes into it. That's um, okay. So I have a couple more questions for you. We'll get you out of here because yeah. I mean, I was going to say we've taken up too much of your time, but really in the grand scheme. I'm good. I'm um, good. So first of all, two questions right here. Are you an amazing fantasy baseball player? And give me your ideal season this season that was not. Tell me your your ideal circumstances of what happens. Like this is we we are writing the history book for your team. So you give it to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I played fantasy baseball one time. Mm-hmm. I logged on twice and then stopped logging on. <laughs> uh, my the our pitching coach uh, Justin Parker still gets mad at me. I'm like, hey, let me into the fantasy league this year. He's like, shut up, idiot! Like the last time I let you on, you logged on twice and ruined the whole league for everybody. So um, I'm I'm not good at fantasy sports, but uh, I, I would say, you know, for the season this year, I. I, I really liked the personality of the group that we had. They were really tough, very dutiful, very selfless. And, and, and I, and that carries you. It was a, you know, we had a bunch we had 10 guys drafted last year. A lot of guys signed professionally. And so it was a really good experience, but this was a, this is a primarily, it's a brand new weekend rotation, a lot of new position guys, a couple transfers, um, but mostly just freshmen and sophomores. Um, and so w- what I was excited to watch them do was to really, to, to, to build the personality and the foundation of the program from the, their, their, their ability to work, their ability to compete, their ability to learn and to grow. And, and we once, we won some games based just on those things. We beat some really good teams on the road yeah. based on toughness and in, um, and, and preparation. And so what I would look to, at this team and say, okay, we grow through the course of the year. Honestly, we won more games early than probably our, our talent level would have indicated that maybe that I thought we would. Um, and just watch that group continue to grow throughout. And then the, I would say in an ideal world, we're, we're in the top two or three in the Big Ten, going into the last in the last two or three weeks, just like last year. And, you know, last year we're in – we go to Michigan with the chance we're down by three games, and you, your destiny is in your own hands, and their destiny is in their hands. And it's just whoever wins the last two weekends wins. And we did. We 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 won five out of six down the stretch, and and they lost maybe four out of six. Them? We won two out of three at their place, and we lost in like twelve innings on Sunday. I remember mm-hmm. I was following along that on Twitter. I was I was pumped. Yeah, because yeah, we went up there down three games, and if we would have swept them, we would have been even. And if we won one, we were down by two games. You know, obviously how that how that swing works. So we go in and in. I still remember we were up by a run in the seventh or eighth of the third game in 0-2 count, and I dropped the right fielder down. It was a right-handed hitter, and we missed our spot with a fastball, and, if, and, it, and it burned our right fielder because I had him down on an 0-2 count. 
And if we had located it, he probably would have caught it. But I was so mad. I never, I never get upset. I like threw a bucket. I never do that. <laughs> I was so mad because I had just brought the right fielder down. Yeah. And, and here he gets over his head. Then they went on to tie it and then won the game late. And then the last weekend we swept Rutgers and, and I think they lost two out of three to Nebraska. But I kind of look at it this, this year. If I would have hoped that we would have been in the, in the, in that position to try, try, try to win it late in the last two or three weeks. And, and then, you know, the, the great thing about being in a place like Indiana is you're, you're always going to have the RPI to be in the, on the conversation to host a regional. And mm-hmm. if you, if you host a regional, you win 66% of the, of the, of those regionals. So if you, if you host, you have such an, an advantage to go to a super regional and the same thing from a super regional to the world series. So, for us, you know, your midweek games are the Missouri Valley. Indiana State's going to be really good, and you're going to play. You're going to play Louisville and Kentucky, and, and you can get good teams to come over on the midweek. And then our conference has a, has a good RPI, and so you're you're not gonna you're not gonna win two or three games and drop in the RPI based on your opponent. You're going to continually build a resume to host. So I would hope that we've been in the in the conversation to host, and and then hopefully host a regional and and then try to make a run from there. I got you. I think, I think it would have happened, and you probably would have won College World Series. So we're just going to go with that. I'm going to put absolutely. you in the book as that um, as national champs. Yeah, absolutely. I, I like I like the way you operate. I mean, <laughs> that's what I you. I mean, IU basketball would have gotten on a roll. I mean, it's it's the way it would have happened. Um, okay, I lied. I thought of another question with your with the scholarships and everything. How is that going to affect you? Have you talked to any guys? Because you have. Um, I don't remember his last name. Polly was that, or is that right? Polly. Paul, is that is that who it is? Who's the guy I'm thinking of? You're a really good pitcher. He's in Pro Bowl now. Polly Milto. Oh, was that? Did he graduate? Uh, or yeah, did he, he, got, he got drafted last year? Yeah. Okay, but you have you still have a couple guys who are um, borderline getting drafted. Have you talked yeah. to them about that? And and what's that? How's that going to affect? Or are you just waiting to see how the NCAA plays that? So as of right now, the NCAA has given a, an additional year of eligibility to all spring athletes. Right. The, the, the big question right now is what's going to happen with the draft. Yeah. So as of today, the draft is only five rounds. It's normally 40 rounds. So there's 35 rounds where the players that are either going to college or going back to college, um, unless they sign as a free agent, which is mm-hmm. some guys are going to sign as free agents too. But So it's, it's, they're kind of in between right now. There's there's some guys that we have that that uh, are are professional level players, but the draft is going to be different. So normally how the draft works is you're going to have your high school players will go, uh, some will go early, and then they're gonna they're gonna pool their money and make a run at high school players in the 11th or 12th or 13th because they're they're building up their signing bonus pool again, and then you'll see a, a third run usually like in the late 20 rounds, mid to 20 late 20 rounds where they have that money pooled up. Well, now it's like if if this guy is good enough to sign a professional contract out of high school, are you going to – you can't wait to the 11th. You can't wait to the 28th. You got to pay him now. Right. So how does that affect how many more guys, high school players go early? Where does that affect some of your college guys? Your 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 college players are, are going to be drafted through the middle of the field first. So your catcher, your shortstop, your center field are going to be your first draft picks. And then your college bats will be thereafter. So – it, it's I'm, I say all that to tell you that there's I have no idea. 
Uh, well, you got to wait and see too what they're, I mean, because they've got to expand the amount of scholarships that you got and everything, right? Because wouldn't that just. Well, they, they're not going to expand the scholarships, but they, they gave scholarships the ability to give scholarships to the seniors. Oh, so, okay. so for baseball, we have, we have a, a lot more rules than any other sport as far as scholarships. So real quick, so we, I won't bore you to death, but we have tw- 35 total spots. 27 scholarship spots, 11.7 total scholarships and 27 scholarship spots at a minimum of 25%. So I can give 25% to 27 guys equaling 11.7. Actually that doesn't equal 11.7, but those are the numbers for a total of 35 spots. So the point is that's so hard right now is, is you have seniors that are coming back. How do you pay for them? Right. The NCAA said they can come back and they're they can be paid for from a separate fund, but but not from your underclass fund. The draft is shrunk. So a lot of your guys that you thought would get drafted at a lot of schools, not Indiana, but a lot of schools are not going to get drafted. And then the high school players that you were coming in to to replace Mm -hmm. those guys are now coming in. But the juniors aren't necessarily going out. So that's where there's there's issues right now, just in college baseball in general. We're not necessarily in that position. We're, we're in a good spot, but there, that's where the that's where the, the kind of con, the the upheaval is coming from right now in our sport. Another yeah. question kind of building on that as far as going kind of back to recruiting. Now that you don't have a spring season of high school baseball, how does that impact the guys that you were maybe on the cusp? of going after maybe yeah. going to wait and see how they do in their spring, you know, baseball season. Uh, how does that Base, impact you? Well, baseball in the last four or five years has, has gone so early in recruiting Yeah, that, you know, you're, you're, you're recruiting freshmen and sophomores primarily right now. So it, it does affect those guys. It affects your ability to recruit them. I, I personally, I would like to see the recruiting timeline back up considerably. I, I hate, um, the, the way we are right now, I, it's not fair for a family. It's not fair for a kid. It's not fair for us. It's just not an ideal situation to have to recruit, you know, 13 and 14 year olds, which is right. not. Yeah. Um, so for us, like we've got all of our seniors are committed. All of the juniors are committed, um, you know, and, and so you're going to the young kids, you're going to have time to recruit them. It certainly will push some of the timelines back, but I don't think it has a, a transformational effect. The, the big question would, would be for those guys that were going to go into junior college heavy this spring. And now obviously junior college baseball being canceled. So there is, there are, there are hundreds, if not a thousand or more junior college players that weren't committed that thought they had another three or four months to play and be recruited. And now they're, now they're stuck. The junior college mm-hmm. kids are the ones that are in a really tough spot right now. Yeah, that's, it's crazy because, I mean, it's a great thing that they're doing, but there's so many things that it affects. But I think um, the, you know, the NCAA did, did something wrong. <laughs> Am I allowed to say that? On the- no, I mean, it's the, it's the right thing. I understand. Yeah. I understand uh, both sides of it. I really do. But the, the, the year of eligibility and I, and I, I understand all of the different, all of the different side effects of all these things where, 
like there's a lot of people that have been really negatively affected by this, right? People have died and family members have, have not been allowed to see each other. And so I'm not saying that we are unique in, in, in how we've been affected because reality is it's just, it's just a silly game, right? Like by, by comparison to what's people's lives and whatnot, but this is one thing that we could control of all the things that have been, that have been, been gone bad or, 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 or wrong. This is one thing that was bad that could be fixed if we chose to fix it and then dealt with the consequences. That was one area where I was really happy with the NCAA and and the folks uh, on the division one games committee is they just said, listen, this is This is going to be bad. Okay. This is going to, this is going to cause some upheaval and this is going to be chaos for a while, but it's the right thing to do to allow these kids to, to have their, their year given back and to fix at least one thing that can be fixed. Let's fix it. And then we'll, f- we'll figure out the rest because it's, yeah. uh, it's going to be pandemonium. So, yeah, that's, that's crazy. So, okay. I've got, I seriously have one more question for you. And then yeah. in chat, so we finish it out. I usually finish it out um, with, we leave a question um, where someone passed the last person will ask a question of the next person. And then you leave a question for our next person. Okay. But, since we are kind it of makes laughing. sense if you don't think about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't, but I'm not going to do that this time because I want um, – because there's something else because I follow you on Twitter and so I noticed something about you and something that you talked about earlier. Um, I want to give you a question um, from me, which okay. I guess this whole thing has been. But <laughs> um, <laughs> the your – in, in your life, there's been some, some ups and some, and some big downs, um, that you've had to go through. And, um, I, how is, how has your faith played a role in that in your life and dealing with those situations? Because that seems to play a major role in your life. Yeah. I, uh, I try really hard (laughs) in, uh, I, uh, you know, I, I get the, I'm not perfect and none of us are. And, um, I made mistakes and we all have, but, but I, I do try as hard as I can to, to walk, uh, to walk in my faith in, uh, in an industry, in an, in a, in a situation where you, uh, it's not always an easy thing to do as with our, all, all of our lives, right. All of our day-to-day lives. But, um, I, it gives me, it gives me a, 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 a place to rely back on when, when, uh, my, I guess my foundation, when it's like, I have to go and, and, uh, uh, do like make decisions and I have to be in conversations. I have to do things that, that are really hard at times as we all do, but it gives me a place to know that like, I've, I've got my, my core set of beliefs that like, if, as long as I make my decisions, as long as I do, uh, what I need to do through this prism and through this lens and, and through my faith, then the decisions that I make are going to be the right of the right decisions. And, and I, I, I think about it like my living, I support my family um, by coaching kids and we, we play a game. And so if, if the game doesn't go well, uh, then I don't get a chance to support my family by doing this. And so with that comes an inherent, uh, a lot of inherent stress and a lot of inherent um, risk with that. Um, and so it's easy to lose sight of who you are as a person 
when when you're living in the in the whims of of a, such a volatile uh, industry. And so for me, my my faith and the way that I try to live really hard, I try very hard to live. Um, it gives me such peace knowing that that uh, no matter what happens, like like my my soul is safe my family is safe and that god will provide in in, a, in, a, in an industry that that, uh, that there are no guarantees and in a lifestyle that there are no guarantees and, and um, as you tell I, I i talk about it but i don't i don't talk about it a lot um, um, and how how it how it, it affects me and in why i i try to to live the way that that, that i do live but it is it's it's my foundation it's my core it, it allows me to to, to rest easy knowing that that all of this is just a game and, and that my true purpose in life is to is to help young people uh, better their lives and, mm-hmm. and and that's where I'm okay with if we lose I'm okay because like I, I tell when when the conversation comes up and I have to be obviously I have to be careful I can't talk too much about it but when the conversation comes up with kids my, my point when they ask my point is this like you're gonna live and you're gonna die Right. And we're going to go to heaven or we're going to go to hell. And and the reality is this still a game isn't going to matter for a hill of beans. So your batting average doesn't get to go with you and all the money you have doesn't get to go with you and any of that stuff. But the impact that you make on other people and the faith that you have is what is what God's going to evaluate. Uh, how we get to spend an eternity and let's make sure that we're making the right decisions and let's make sure that we're having faith in the right things. And, uh, and when you put life in perspective like that, then, then it's much easier to swallow, you know, when you lose a game, I don't like losing. I don't like failing. I don't, uh, I don't, I also don't value myself. And if we win a game either, I, I really don't care that much. Um, but I do value myself on, um, on the faith that I have on the way that I live in, in, and the impact that I try to have with, with young people. And, and, and I think that, um, that all comes from my faith. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of put you on the spot there, but it's it's hard to talk about. It's just like, I don't know. It just gives me peace. Like I know, I know where I'm going, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. So uh, Chaz, you want to get us out of here? So uh, my last question I like to ask all of our guests, Jeff, uh, I'm a big uh, movie guy. uh, And I think you can tell a lot about a person by the types of movies that they like. You can see kind of see a little bit of their personality, their upbringing and stuff like that. So if you had to pick like, three to five movies that mean a lot to you or you really like or that mean a lot or yet have some kind of impact on you as a person, what do you think you would pick? Not in any particular order at all, uh, but just three to five that you kind of really like. Um, golly. I don't, I don't, I, bad. I don't watch a ton. Um, mm-hmm. I like uh, TV shows in there too. Same. I like uh, I like feel I I like Field of Dreams. I love Field of Dreams. Just rewatched that the other day, actually. Did you? So it's so. It's good. like everyone says it's like I like Field of Dreams, and then you go back and you watch it, and you're like, oh, there's so many, like there's so many uh, metaphors for life, and there's so many examples in that movie, and your your father son relationship. There's yep. just so many things in there. I grew up with my dad being my coach too. So that, that whole ending scene, man, it's just, it right. makes me want to go play catch with my dad every time I watch <laughs> it. Like it, it's so good. It really does. It really does. Um, golly. 
I don't know. I'm I'm trying. Give me one second. I'll think of something. Or even baseball movies. Favorite baseball movies is up there too. Uh, what's the movie? I watched it the other day. Uh, it's a like Goodwill Hunting with Robin Williams and Matt Damon. Yeah, that's a really. I was My watching. Boy's wicked smart. <laughs> yeah, that. Uh, I watched that the other day. I watched a little bit of it uh, when it was my wife was watching TV. I'm I'm not. Uh, what are your favorite movies? What do you got? Yeah, I, I may agree with you. Well, I'm a big I'm a big Star Wars guy. Okay. Uh, Back to the Future, Indiana Jones. Those are all kind of up there for me. Nice. Yeah, I like those. I grew up watching those. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So you probably were trying to think. Prime time Sandlot age when the yeah. Sandlot came out. How much yeah. did that mean for you when you were a kid? Uh, we we I was so like I said I was I was also four boys and we were always traveling playing and and so my parents my parents bought we had a van with a TV in it <laughs> so we were like like the the Mercer bus right we would yeah and uh, and so we we would we watched we we like literally memorized that entire movie. Uh, you know, it was like we had like on on rotation at the Sandlot. We had uh, I, I think we had Braveheart uh, and then sixty one, sixty one with the 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 Roger Mayer story. Paris, yeah, yeah. I think those three were like on constant revolution to, through the uh, TV. But Sandlot was on there constantly, and and uh, I look back, you know, very fondly with that. Mm-hmm. Have you seen uh, For Love of the Game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good, very good. I I didn't know. I was watching it. I'd never seen it. I was came on TV one time, like right at the very beginning, and I yeah. started watching it. I couldn't turn it off. I didn't know what was going to happen at the end. It's like <laughs> I I can't tell if they're going to win or lose, or I don't yeah. know what's going to happen. That was yeah, really that good. Was, uh, yeah. Kevin Costner played baseball, I think. Yeah, he so talked, too. Yeah, he talked about um, in that. Um, in filming for that, like he was actually training and was doing, he, I think he said he could get, he had an 86, 87 mile an hour fastball by the end of that. Like really. And he, but he, and he said he like, I think if you look it up, he talked about, he may have like blown his shoulder out doing that. Cause they had to pitch so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Cause he, it was something that I read a story story recently about it where it was like he was doing actual like pitching and practices and he had gotten to be really good and i i swear he got hurt or something happened with that but mm-hmm. yeah. you brought I up think uh, he played at cal state fullerton maybe or, or something did. like that one of the cal state schools yeah you brought up uh major league earlier which i also rewatched recently just because I've, I've been needing sports i've been needing right. sports so bad uh but Charlie Sheen also played. I think he played like junior college JUCO baseball. Yeah, he, I heard he threw, he, was, like, he threw like an eighty-five mile per hour fastball. I he, heard that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he had a good arm. He had a good arm. He's, uh, it's a, he's he's uh, not didn't didn't throw quite as hard in real life as he did in the movie, but still right. pretty hard for for a guy that doesn't play baseball. Mm-hmm. Well, he threw hard in a lot of other things in life, so. <laughs> <laughs> It was, it was, he made up for it, I guess. Um, Well, hey, Jeff, thank you so much for your time. I think we probably took you way over what you intended on spending with us, but. Uh, I I enjoyed it a lot, guys. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. So thank you so much. Um, Best of luck next year when you will be back to back reigning Big Ten champion and reigning uh, 
uh, NCAA World Series champions, <laughs> so national champs. That nice. is fantastic. Um, but anyways, just we thank you again so much for your time and and uh, best of luck with in the future. And and we'll be following along. And um, yeah, just thank you. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Thanks for what you're doing. It's a, it's a really cool idea. It's a really cool process. So certainly enjoyed it and wish you guys the best. And if you're ever down, if you're ever down in Bloomington, look me up, holler at me and come to a ball game or a practice. I'd love to have you guys. Yes, sir. Chats, we're going to bring the podcast on the road. Yes. Go. <laughs> I'll, I'll get you taken care of. All right. Thank you so much, Jeff. Thanks, guys. Appreciate right. it. Jeff. Thanks.